Hello and welcome back to my little corner of Oklahoma education. And uh, it's been it's been a week. It's been it's, been, it's better than last week. Um, but uh, yeah, I was a l little busy, so I, I was kind of looking forward to this weekend so I could kind of relax. And but then again, I uh, gave myself more stuff to do because I went and monitored the ACT on Saturday, make a little extra money, and um, you know, kind of help the. It's already a stressful situation, so it was always nice to be a hopefully a a positive test monitor and uh, help them feel a little comfortable before they're getting ready to take that exam. I saw some familiar faces. Some of them, um, I think they're just back every time trying to get that little bit better score. And one of them, I was like, hey, welcome back. And he's like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> I was like, man, I, I understand. Um, uh, even my own son was, I saw him in a different testing room and uh, he said the same thing during break. But, you know, to the young lady and to my son, it's just, hey, that's... Uh, that's life sometimes. You you have to do the things you're not interested in to uh, arrive at the goals that you so desire. So um, hopefully things are going to come out the way they want over in the few weeks when their scores start getting published. Um, as far as class and content, we were uh, wrapping up World War One, And it's been an interesting topic of discussion with students because it's for a lot of them, I, I think they have the same issue that most of my students and even a lot of adults have, which is they have an intellectual understanding of war, but they don't have um, like a heart, uh, emotional understanding of war. They get the idea from video games and things that you, you know, things are destroyed, like you will go and shoot those things, those people um, and destroy those tanks and machines. But the idea of w what it does to a human psychologically I mean, that's even beyond, like, the physical. And so we, we did. We talk about some things and how, you know, like, plastic surgery pretty much got started because of World War One. I. I mean, I, I cautioned them on what they search on Google Images, but it was, uh, it was an attempt to try to help these veterans who were coming home lead a normal life again, which after however long they were in, on the battlefields, that was something that was of value to them and the people, their loved ones back home. And towards the end, um, we had, I had a lot of students, we had some writing activities towards the end. And, and uh, for some of them, it was just a realization that, wow, this is um, a lot. And for some of them, it was the perspective of if you were the friends and family back home and how, how um, emotionally draining that would be, not knowing what's going on with your loved ones, your, your father, your son, your, um, your siblings, your uncle your husband. And for some of them, it's like, oh, it makes sense why uh, maybe some women uh, ended up serving in the medical tents on near the front lines as a way to just do their part. Maybe maybe they can't help their loved ones, but they could help in some way. Uh, some of them were, you know, we, we saw some diary accounts of what it was like to be a nurse near the front lines. And some of them are just like, wow, um, you had no idea. And, uh, or even just the idea of, I had a student ask like, well, how, how would they know if their loved one had died during the war? And it's like, well, it's much like today, um, a notification is brought a letter and, and some of them were making a connection of like, whoa, you know, nowadays you get really excited when you have uh, mail or you have a package delivered, but could you imagine one of the worst things you, you could see is the postal service coming down your road or you know that's the person who does the notifications and they're walking ever closer to your house. Yeah, and for some of them it's like, whoa, this the idea of even living on the home front of a war. And and even 
I had some of them who rightly called out like the eagerness. We call it the militarism, but the eagerness to go to war. Um, that maybe it's a romantic view that, well, the romantic view that war will make you a man. Uh, war will make you, 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 it's only a place to be courageous and that's all that'll happen. And yes, that is something that does happen and it's books and movies and TV shows are based on that, but it's also deadly and destructive. And uh, for some of them, especially when we talked about the Christmas truce, the idea that they could, two opposing sides could have a moment to share a human moment, play some sports and exchange gifts, sing some songs, and then go back to killing each other. It was, uh, some of them, it was, uh, that, that, that was just uh, a bit beyond them to understand. Like, how, how do they do that? And we talked about propaganda and how that was a thing that was going on. We have to believe, we have to keep moral up, morale up. Um, and you have to believe that the other side is the worst. They're absolutely the worst. They're not like us. They're the worst. And I think some of the students were really pushing through that uh, and seeing that, hey, hey, maybe there's more we, we need to understand. And, and maybe that's what uh, ultimately was the downfall of these countries when they ran off to war. They were just utterly convinced by, well just what they were told by government officials or what they saw in uh, newspaper articles and they mixed up the idea of what you know versus what you've been told. Um, that's been a, a topic lately. And that's such a big lesson to learn. It's a simple lesson that th there's a big difference between what you actually know and what you've been told. And I had to learn that later on in life because, I mean, that also helps you keep keep away from gossip because they're like, wait a second, you know, I've just been told this. I don't know. Um, I think some people still like, eh, I've been told it. I'm going to say it anyway. But no, just the idea of, and for some of them, it's like, whoa, how many times have I been manipulated into ill feelings towards a classmate or to um, uh, uh, an adult in the building because, you know, your friend told you, oh, that, that class is hard or that teacher is the worst. And you get in that class, you get with that teacher and you find out, oh, it's actually not so bad. Maybe my friend was just being immature. And having to make those connections that maybe we are too eager to uh, go off to war and for the wrong reasons. And um, and they were admitting, like, you know, you got to defend yourself. But maybe, and this goes back to the militarism, maybe the military solution shouldn't be the first one. We talked about how uh, military leaders were often consulted for a lot of problems and the idea of when all you have is a hammer, everything is a nail. So instead of maybe looking at an economic approach or a political approach, it was more of a, no, we have to have more, you know, battleships. We have to have more uh, uh, soldiers. And ultimately, yeah, it got to the point in August 1914 where every solution was a military solution and they just raced headlong into war. The... Uh, so that's been interesting to have them kind of sort through. Uh, we're currently talking about the Russian revolutions, and we're going to look at the Civil War to wrap up next week. Um, and that'll that'll be good for them to see. I'm kind of curious what they take from it. And just on a like a classroom management side of thing, um, uh, me and some buddies in the hall, we were depending on each other because sometimes we had some uh, awkwardness in our classes. And sometimes it's good to bounce ideas off each other of what to do next. And sometimes it's just as simple as have a conversation with the student and maybe pull one of us to the side and, and you know, as backup. So um, that was going on. I was glad to help out others with that. And I was glad that those um, colleagues in the hall helped me because I had I, the best way I can explain it is. I had uh, a few students who were, you know, outsourcing their problems uh, in the sense of 
their words and their actions from time to time weren't the greatest. And instead of going, oh, wait, that's me. I need to do something about it. They just kind of wanted to point around the room and say, what about, what about, what about? And um, a, a few students in particular. But the, the good thing is I, um, I had to have those conversations with them is saying that maybe it's not me. Maybe it's not the person beside you. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's how you're choosing to use your words and actions. And, and I did this because I got to be able to, you know, go to bed at night and have a clear head that I tried. And who knows if they'll listen. Maybe I'm just planting a seed and it's going to sprout in a year from now. But I have to know that I tried to redirect the behavior and the maybe faulty logic. And thankfully, I did see some, um, you know, a, a seed sprout. You know, I had some who just kind of put their heads down and didn't really want to engage anymore because, you know, me and old Farnham, I was going to get on to them if they're being rude or disrespectful or just inappropriate and trying to be funny. And I have to have that conversation. And I had one who wanted to, you know, blame me and, you know, blame a principal and what about them? And, and it's just like, dude, um, we're just we're just dealing with your actions. Hey, um, what you said was not cool, was inappropriate. Don't do that again. And if you ever realize and maybe think that the responses you get from other people, your classmates or the, the adults in the building, they're, they're coming from the words and actions you set them up with. You know, when you call people names or you tell them you, you don't like them or despise them, you know, kind of out of nowhere and, and with no recognition of how you contributed to that, it's never going to get better. Um, it's never going to get better. And I don't, I don't know for one of the students if, if I'm going to see any meaningful growth this year, but I'm going to keep trying. It's just like, that's not cool. Don't do that. But one of them had an issue early in the week, and by the end of the week, like, they were good. They kind of toned it down, uh, even came in during a, um, a separate time to work on some classwork. We had a good conversation, and I, I actually got the chance to brag on them later in the week uh, in front of some other adults, which it, it always feels good, especially those adults that run your your uh, your sports team or your program you're involved in, and I just had to make sure he knew that the only difference was him. He chose to use his words and actions differently, and he got a different outcome. I didn't change. My expectations didn't change, but um, he did. He chose, despite what others were doing, and some of them were still being awkward, but despite all of that, and I had to reinforce that a couple times, like, no, this is the right thing to do. I, I know it looks like they're having fun over there, but I'm going to handle it. I'm going to handle their behavior quietly, separately, and you keep doing this. It's the right thing to do. So hopefully... Um, now that that seed has sprouted, I can keep fertilizing it and watering it to get it to grow more. Because if he can leave my classroom just knowing that, that his words and actions um, lead directly to some of the outcomes he gets, uh, I think I think we'd all be in a better place. So that's been a benefit. Um, it's been a musical week. My wife is out a little bit sick, uh, but the musical's coming up, and she's got that happening. So it's been uh, it's been a little hectic. Um, I've been a bit of a bachelor, honestly, because my son's working, and then she's got later rehearsals. So I've been watching some YouTube videos and catching up on things. Oh, I've been continuing reading my book, The Brothers Karamazov, with a uh, buddy uh, buddy of mine, former student. We meet up for coffee and kind of go through the chapters, and it's been really good. It's been really fun. It's an interesting book. Uh, I didn't, I've never read a large Dostoevsky novel before. I read some of his shorter work, and I get it. 
I get it why people talk about Russian literature and the characters they have and the, like the psychology and the philosophy in it. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, moving on to the next few chapters. Um, speaking of musical, I had a little bit of a musical week in the sense of randomly I had a student uh, who was uh, talking about, you know, travel plans later on and they mentioned uh, somewhere up in the Northeast and I was like, oh yeah, where are you going with that? And uh, they mentioned Bremerton, which I immediately had like the weirdest of flashbacks um, in the sense of there was a song um, on an album that I had back when I was, you know, 16 years old from a band called MXPX. And the, the, the song was Bremerton. And it was like, oh my gosh, move to Bremerton. And, and I couldn't help but be startled by how quick the flashback came riding around in my little Plymouth Reliant K car in the West Tulsa, Sand Springs area. And, um, it, and I ended up playing the song for him because it is a little angsty. I told him, it's like, okay, I, I admit it. It's a little teen angsty. But this dude is really interested, and he's like, there's a girl, but she lives somewhere else. And he's like, hey, why don't you move to my town? And uh, it was just fun to share that moment, because I was surprised how much I actually remembered the lyrics. You know, where this is like 20-plus years later. And uh, they were giggling and thought it was hilarious. I, now, I was like, now imagine 16-year-old Farnham driving around, you know, blaring this in his vehicle where the, the CD player was probably a little more expensive than the, than the car itself. And uh, no, it was... It was good, and I listened to the album again this week, and honestly, there was some stuff in there in the lyrics that I was like, whoa, uh, how much did that shape me? It's like, was that like embedded in there? Because even, even in the song Move to Bremerton, he talks about how um, if you, you know, you, you got to know that I'm, 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 I'm like, I like you, and, and, uh, and, and this is why, and he talks about, you know, you, having a level head, and you got ideas, and that you, you know, got style, and I was thinking, like, man, that is so true like in all relationships, romantic or friendship, that is still who I am. I'm someone who, it's like, I want someone who's level-headed, um, someone who is willing to discuss ideas and, you know, have like a uniqueness about you. So I thought that was interesting. And then on the other side, speaking of Reliant K, I didn't know it at the time, but there was a band, Reliant K, when I figured them out in uh, college. And I was, it's one of my favorite bands ever. And I was listening to them early in the morning while I was doing like devotional things and catching up on reading and just getting prepared for the day. And uh, one of the lyrics, the song "Let It All Out" came on, and uh, it's such a it's such a good song about how you want to be strong, but sometimes you can't. And you know, you want to trust uh, the people around you, you want to trust in your faith, but sometimes you're like, I'm going to doubt, and or you're so ashamed in the fact that you trust on certain days, certain weeks, and then you act as if none of that ever happened and you're back doubting. And I just, um, hearing it again, and it's like, we almost need that nowadays. We need to be reminded. And, and it kind of talks about the lyrics go, um, I'll, and I'll let it be known at times I've shown signs of all my weakness, but somewhere in me, there is strength. And you promise me that you believe in time. I will defeat this because somewhere in me, there is strength. And I think in light of the events at our school recently and just in general, I think we need to know that. Like, we have strength in us. It's even like I was talking to that young man about your words and your actions. That's your choice. That's your strength that you can find and, and be better. Whether you are a particularly religious person or not, it's like, no, there is, there is power and strength within yourself. And I, I think so many times we, we, we forget that. Uh, and so that was weird. Like those song lyrics that just popped up 
uh, this week and just kind of stuck in my mind. But uh, finally, I've been, as I mentioned before, uh, myself and another teacher were selected as teacher of the year for our building. And I've been working on the paperwork and everything. And one of the things with the paperwork is uh, I have to video a portion of my class and then write about it, like what happened before the video, during the video, and after the video. And so I decided on Friday to try to start doing that. And of course, I had to set up, try to do a little video setup. I got an old, um, borrowed a tripod and a microphone from the debate teacher down the hall and set it all up to see what was going on. Of course, you know, it's going to happen. It happened when I did my national boards like 10 plus years ago. It's all the reaction of what's going on. What's that? How's it going? Why are you doing that? I don't consent. It's like smile and joking about it and uh which is a legit thing because we have to look at that and are these students have they filled out the paperwork because they don't want to be photographed for the district and so i have to do that i was contacting our yearbook teacher to make sure that um all the students who don't want to be photographed or videoed were out of frame and uh but more than anything they started joking with me like what's going on you you're going to become a tiktok star and uh (laughs) And I was like, I promise you, all of you, I'm not interested in that. I was like, first, I'd have to have the app. I don't have that. Uh, and then I got to hear some TikTok jargon a little bit. And they wanted to know why I didn't want to do it. And I was like, because I'm fine. I was like, but you get all the free stuff from the TikTok store. And um, it was it was fun. A few classes did that. A few classes uh, were like, oh, you're going to start a podcast? And that's when some of them found out I actually do. <laughs> it was like, well, yeah. And they're like, wait, what, really? I was like, yeah. It was... Uh, they're like, what do you do? I was like, I don't know, talk about life and, you know, teaching, parenting in general, just kind of get it all out of my head so I can be better um, and not stew on it so much. And hopefully maybe what I'm talking about and dealing with can help someone else. But specifically, um, my sixth hour, hello, sixth hour, uh, they were super interested in what was going on and like, can we do interviews and like, do you have people on? Can I be on it? And like, do you talk about us? Do you, do you mention me? And, um, and, and I told him like, no, not by name. Uh, and so that got them all going like, what? Um, and, uh, it was just fun. It was fun to see their enthusiasm, but the, the idea of that, they were convinced that maybe I was some kind of secret podcast star, uh, which I had to tell them, no, no, I'm not. Um, it's just mainly for me. But it's kind of cool. And in my seventh hour, they were also like, well, I kind of want to interview now. You think seem to, seem to be someone who'd be fun to interview. So hello, seventh hour. I, I hear you too. Um, but no, it was kind of fun to joke back and forth uh, and um, to have them see me as someone other than the teacher that just, you know, quote unquote, lives at the high school, no matter how many times I try to tell them that um, I do have a life outside of school. Um, so that was kind of a fun end to, uh, a a longish week and I'm got some professional development coming up and, uh, hopefully I'm, I'm looking forward to some good conversations about, uh, reading, writing strategies in terms of, um, what we can work on, but also what my, my team can work on and, uh, yeah. And then wrap up test and just one step closer to spring break. I think some of them can smell spring in the air and that's where some of the goofiness is coming from but yeah it's a week and i hope you found ways to get through even when you didn't realize the strength you had uh maybe you needed to be reminded of it in the interactions with your students um and that you have reasons for for doing this and they're great reasons just helping them to be slightly better 
each day. And don't get frustrated when the work you're doing is not showing immediate results because I believe it matters in the end. Even if I don't get to see the harvest or the growth, I know I'm making a difference. And I think that's what keeps me from burning out and looking forward to my classes each week. So I hope the same for you. And as always, have a day.